podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. This is your host, Kian Sobani. Today, Gabe Lestra has a night off. Uh, perfect opportunity to bring in, off the bench, uh, <laughs> our super sub, Sam Sharp, Castilla Guru. How are you, Sam? I'm very good, my man. I'm doing great. Um, any, any, any cookies being baked tonight? No, no, I haven't baked them for a while. So um, maybe for the next part, I'll, I'll get some on. What, what's the reason? Like, what, what spurs you to bake cookies and not bake cookies? It depends if there's anything in the cupboard, I think. Oh. <laughs> I'm really yeah, into some food and I've got nothing. Okay, I'm desperate. Uh, we're going to make, make it a goal to send some Patreon money to, to, to get you some food. <laughs> I don't want you to starve. <laughs> um, when was the last time we did a preseason Castilla podcast? We did. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been the, the latest one, yeah. Oh, that was the one where you you thought Alex Kirkland was lying on the other podcasts because yeah, he works yeah I remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this podcast is going to be a, a Gareth Bale love fest based on the questions that have come in. So if you're sensitive to Gareth Bale love love and and you're you you're one of the ones who really just are absolutely furious when we defend Bale, now is the time to turn it off for you. Um, if you are on board, or if you want to also stay for the end of the show when we're going to have a not-so-love-fest for Santiago Solari, you can stay with us. Um, <laughs> Sam Sharp has his sword sharpened. <laughs> He's been waiting for this moment for a long time. <laughs> um, so part one of this podcast, we're going to talk about the game in Anuata, obviously, which is the hottest topic right now. Uh, and then we're going to, part two, we're going to talk about Castilla, because we haven't talked about Castilla all year Apart from Sam's articles on managing Madrid, uh, Ondra did some has done some stuff about uh, Juvenil A and Guti. But apart from Sam Sharp's articles, we haven't done any Castilla podcast this season. There are some interesting talking points. Um, so, so yeah. So let's jump into it, Sam. So we're gonna jump into questions, and then basically anything that doesn't get covered from the questions, we'll we'll talk about, um, and and just make sure we cover everything. So. This was a huge, huge win for Real Madrid. Um, mm. Every game is huge in La Liga, but this one you, you kind of you circled in advance because one, um, it's in Nanawata and Real Sociedad are flying this season. Yeah, um, they, there were you know they they had played a game Thursday, which was interesting because they actually started a lot of key players, 
Um, Iara started, Julian Jose, Javi Prieto, Odrio Sola, um, Surutusa. Off the top of my head, there's others, but you know, they all started, so I thought maybe they'll get some rest. Um, turns out that they didn't really rest anyone today, obviously, apart from Inigo and Oyarzaba, who just couldn't play. Um, mm. But they were in amazing form, and on the flip side, Real Madrid was missing, you know, almost an entire team, if you like, you yeah. went from top to bottom, everyone from Marcelo to Cruz. Benzema, Ronaldo, um, and some others, but I. So this was a huge win, Sam. I mean, what, what were your thoughts? You know, your initial reaction to this. I mean, I thought it was a really entertaining game at first. Um, yeah. But I think it was Real Madrid played really well. They were really well balanced, which was important. Obviously, they had players out, but there were some important players still playing. And Casemiro and Modric in midfield were, I thought, huge today. And then going forward, I thought Mayoral really stepped up in the final third. So. Mm, I really, obviously, Kayla Navas at the other end, it would have been a clean sheet, otherwise. So it was a really complete performance, I yeah. thought. Um, I just do, I, you know, it is interesting to, to talk about Mayoral because you and I watched Mayoral, and you probably watched him even more of the season before, in 15, 2015, I guess it was, with yeah, Castilla. Yeah. So you're not surprised at the, what you saw from him today. Back in that season, Zidane used to call upon him for some some big La Liga games. Yeah. He played against Atletico that season. I so think he even scored. He scored at least one goal, one goal from what I remember too, right? Yeah, he, uh, he got that unlucky in off the post oh, off the keeper, was, but yeah. it was basically a goal. Yeah, he um he was he was pushed into the deep end a lot though in that season. So it was no surprise to see him, especially with the lack of options available, play today. Um, but today was easily his best game in a Real Madrid first team shirt, hundred percent. He um. He really reminded me of his Castilla days with some of his runs off the ball. His runs on the ball were fantastic. And um, obviously his finishing is right up there. One of the things I enjoyed about him was just kind of his hunger. And, um, yeah, you know, <laughs> a lot of people were upset. Not upset. Upset is the wrong word. They were criticizing the, the fact that he didn't pass to Isco initially for the <laughs> second goal. Um, and then it just kind of bounced around back to him and he, he made a great cut and then he forced the own goal, which... Which is, you know, as long as the ball goes in the back of the net, right? Um, I'm sure Isco would have wanted that ball quick. But, I, you know, what I what I did like about him, like if you, you know, his work rate was off the charts. Um, there was one play where he was like at right back helping Carvajal. I don't even know how he ended up there. <laughs> and um, if you look at the first goal that Real Madrid scored, like he's just like a hawk looking at that play from miles away. Like way before Ramos is even like being pulled down on his bicycle kick attempt. He's just mm. tracking it. He's hunting it down and making sure that, you know, making sure that the Ramos, the penalty doesn't even become a question. Like, it doesn't matter if it was a penalty or not. He just made sure that ball went on the net, you know? I mean, that is his instinct. He has no way of knowing that, that Ramos isn't going to connect with that that bicycle kick attempt. But he, he's going in anyway, and he was always like that. And that's why he got so many goals, I think, in the uh, in the academy. The When when the initial lineup came out, um, I, had, I had said this before the game, um, I was really happy that Zidane was going to roll the dice with Mayoral because one, it's a great message to him that mm. look, our two main strikers, Ronaldo and Benzema, are out, and and I think it would it would it would have destroyed him one if if Zidane just rolls with a false nine or just puts Bale up there, and you can understand why he would do that, but it's not like Mayoral again, like people are forgetting Mayoral like who he was with Castilla, and that was not that long ago, and I think. The recency mm. bias with the Wolfsburg stint was was still fresh in people's minds. He didn't have a great preseason. I mean, looks. I had 
I had people fighting with me on Twitter during preseason because Mayoral just wasn't scoring goals. And like this, this, there is no way you watch Mayoral before this preseason game if, if this is really how you feel about him. Mm, exactly. Um, it surprises me how people kind of disconcert these players before they've even watched them play. Um, they wouldn't be in the position they're in if they didn't have some sort of talent to get there. So I'd, I would just say relax. And um, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But in most cases, these players are going to impress you. The other reason I, I really liked the lineup, apart from the Mayoral confidence boost, was uh, Bale is just better when he's playing in a mm. deeper role. Like, I don't like him as a spearhead number nine. So I think the fact that he can play as a two-way presence, he can play a bit deeper, brings out the best in him. And, like, he's not, to me, he's just not a center forward. And he's not, his his game isn't meant to be just used as someone who just poaches, you know? Um, yeah, I don't think so. We have a lot of bail questions, so we're we're going to get into them in one second. <clears throat> um, the first question is from Anton Hackberg. He says, "What's your take on Teo's performance today? From what I saw, it seems like he's a more than capable backup for Marcelo. What do you think?" Um, I haven't watched too many games. Being a Castilla follower, I don't really get to watch many games. But I watched the Levante game um, yeah. where they drew on one at home, and I wasn't I wasn't really keen on Theo. I think his quality wasn't quite there in that game. But in this game, um, I don't know about you, you must have watched nearly every Real Madrid game. I think this is probably one of his, his best games in a Madrid shirt so far because he was um, really, really strong, not just defensively, but going forward as well. I saw a couple of strong dribbles going into the box. Um, but a lot of his challenges were really strong. And I thought uh, it's going to be difficult to top this uh, this um, performance. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the it was always going to be unfair to judge him on the Levante game because it was like mm. his first, you know, his first start in La Liga. Oh, okay. T- today's um, today's game felt like the most comfortable he's he's been for sure. Yeah, uh, and it was it was closer to what we saw with him last season with Alaves. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what I what I thought was really tasty about this matchup was the fact that him and Odrio Zola were just going at it. <laughs> and th- these two are probably, you know, two of the most promising wingbacks in La Liga, if not Europe. Mm. And to see them go at it was really fun. And I thought Teo won the duel. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, he was pinning him. He had some great runs down the flank offensively. Uh, but also defensively, he was really good. And, and he kind of had Odrio Zola in his pocket. Apart from that, the goal conceded, which Kaler obviously should have saved. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any defending Kaler there, but... Um, I think he was late to get to the cross, and and you and you look at that play develop, and he was kind of swimming swimming around in like some some lost space, and he didn't really know <laughs> where to be. But apart from that, I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, all right. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bail questions from wow. our patrons, and I'm just gonna read them really quickly, and I may even like just kind of stumble through them and maybe paraphrase some of them because I don't want to I don't want to spend this whole podcast reading these questions but (laughs) here we go you ready okay Nate McDougal says Bale scored goal oh do you know this inside joke do you do you do you know about this do you listen to our podcast I a few of them but I I don't know if I've missed anything yeah you you is this down to all the don't lie to me (laughs) you (laughs) no I do I do um, so we had this one guy who, who would always comment on uh, when we put out a call for podcast questions, but he'd also comment on like every single Managing Madrid article, and he would say, really? Benzema can't score goal. 
and he would just say those oh, no, three I think words. I have seen this, yeah. yeah. So now the inside <laughs> joke is, if anyone can score a goal, you say, X player can score a goal. And oh. if they can score a goal, you say, they can score a goal. Okay. So, Nate McDougall says, Bale scored goal. Leon Stavrinakis <laughs> says, name the other players on the planet that could make the run, hold off the defender, and make the finish Bale me. Farzad Ashuri says, Gareth Bale can score goal. Ha ha ha, come on haters, where are you at now? I just couldn't help myself, but I would be glad if you deliver my message in your pod. Julius Krakowski says, am I the only one who sees Bale's runs and none of the Real Madrid players are feeding him? I start to think Bale's form is less his fault, but others not seeing his efforts. Essa Hariri says, Bale scores goal and has a huge tongue. That I don't know about that. I, did, am I missing something? Oh, the celebration must have been. Is that, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, the things people notice. <laughs> did you see how his attitude changed after the goal? He started to participate in the buildup of attacks and run more with the ball. Also, it's good to see Teo and Mayra making a big statement here. But Ceballos and Llorente still waiting to shine. Any critique on Zidane's choices slash tactics today? Thomas Berg says, are there on-pitch politics? Am I just chasing shadows? Or did in particular Isco and Asensio avoid to pass bail in favor of hanging onto the ball? Misplacing passes or slow down the attack? Am I onto something here? Feels like our pass rate was poor today from midfield compared to the usual. What's your take on this? Kushagra Caspi posted, topic for the podcast, please just talk the praises for Bail and Isco. And finally, Sayantan Nandi, have any of you any of you ever been so happy to see someone score this season? <laughs> I was literally praying for Bale to score. Okay, so there's a lot of love there, and I th- and I and I expect that our job will be to to te- to just temper it a little bit because um, I think either way we we don't like to get carried away with the players' bad performances or or good performances. But Sam, like Bale, really needed that goal, I think, and I I don't think he needed any goal. He didn't need a goal like he scored against. Uh, Depor on the first season where in the first uh, match where the ball just came to him and he scored a tap mm-hmm. he did a goal like this yeah. like, that was like a vintage bail goal for sure yeah what were your thoughts overall on this performance did he stay um, up to you at all it was pretty reserved I think he did have a good performance he was working hard which was good to see um, but there was nothing really bare-less the, the classic Gareth Bale we know and love there was not much that I could see that was that pointed towards that except this goal. This goal, mm-hmm. obviously, he used his pace to the fullest. He had strength to get around the defender. And he took quite a heavy touch, which was interesting. And he still managed to kind of loft it over the keeper. It was it was a it was an intriguing goal. Um well, that's just and it pure really, pace, man. Yeah, it was <laughs> nuts. Um after the goal, obviously he did you know, it kind of um he got a bit more involved, but I still think there's a long way to go. And I think there's a few factors that have to go his way for him to get back to his best. But that goal was a massive, massive, uh, massive benefit for him. And I think it, it could point him on the way. If if, um, if the fans maybe change their attitude next week, if he sees a bit of positivity around him in the training ground, in the media, then then it could be a good start for him. Um, so the recurring question is, and not only in these patron questions, but if you go on our Facebook and you see the, the comments when we put out a call for questions on this podcast, almost everyone is asking about this, 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 the fact that he didn't get much service, and a lot of people feel there's an agenda. So, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: I, I was, I think I may have been one of the first people to realize or, or tweet about it at least that twice Asensio looked off a wide open 
player on the opposite flank. One was Isco, uh, one was Isco, and the first one was Bale. And I think if he if he that it was a bit uncharacteristic of him. Like Asensio is an amazing passer, and he showed it within the game. Mm. Um, some of his decision making in the past couple games has been wonky, and he hasn't been as present. I think he's an amazing player. I think he, you know, but I, th- I think there, there was some decision making miscues today. The I don't believe in the agenda. I don't believe in this idea that Isco and Asensio are deliberately looking bail off just to because he's competing with them in the same position. I think that is such. I think that is really like clutching at straws, grasping mm. and really trying to find a conspiracy where there isn't one. Is that fair? I think so, yeah. I, I highly doubt it. Um, I think someone commented saying that they noticed it was these two players in particular, but these players are really two of the main creators in the team. So you're going to notice if um, if they have the ball and they don't and they don't offload it quick enough. But um, I, I, I highly doubt there's an agenda against Gareth Bale. Uh, I, I agree. I, I think we can kind of just we can debunk that one easily. Mm. Um, Isco and Asensio are incredible players, uh, mm. and they're smart. I, I think if they they opt not to see, to to pass right away, you know, it's kind of been their style, and um, they do look for look for passes that no one else sees, and you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, and you have to trust them at this point because you have to you have to leave room for creativity. You don't always have to agree with their decisions, but you have to live mm. with them, I think. For sure. Um, I'm trying to look at some of the other things that popped up, you know, amid all these bail questions. Um, Leon's question about, does any other player, can any other player hold off a, a defender? And, like, you brought up the point that Bale had the heavy touch, right? Um, mm. I think, obviously, not many people on their day have have the pace that Bale, that Bale does. I yeah. think you have a lot of people who can who have the strength. There's no question. I mean, like you look at players like even like Lukaku today and, and the goals he scored this season over the past two seasons. You know, the strength is there from a lot of players. I think Ronaldo probably can do it. Um, but if we're talking about like peak Bale, there are very few players who can do what he does and controlling it. No, not so. Catching up to a ball that's like long past them and and, and probably not even in the play for a lot of other players. Huh. Um, what else popped up from here? Uh, oh, so in Inessa's question, he talks about Ceballos and Llorente still waiting for their turn. Are you surprised we haven't seen much of Marcos apart from the last game? Um, a little bit, but looking at the minutes of some players that were coming into the team last season, not as much. Um, However, last season I thought that some players should have had more minutes um, when when they weren't getting many. So this season I still think that these players should be getting more minutes. Um, but I'm not too surprised to see them left out as much as they have been. Um, one thing that I I mentioned when Ceballos came, I think it came in like with five minutes to go, which he's he's not going to make much of an impact there. The game's three one. No, not so. Um, but he is one of the best passers in the final third. I think I've seen in the last like two years. Oh wow! Uh, and he would have, I think, been a huge help in just making making some better decisions in the final third. Yeah. Um, okay. Non-bail questions. Let's go. <laughs> Mark Rady. So this, this question is um, more of just a general uh, inquiry uh, about the city of Madrid. And, and it's been discussed on our patron-only podcast, which, which happened last Wednesday, I think. 
So Mark Rady says, hi guys, love your work. Thanks for calming all the haters. Every time someone bashes a player, you guys stand up for them. I imagine Ronaldo's Calma celebration from the Classico. <laughs> My question is Madrid specific. I'm going for a week. What sites do I need to get in while I'm there? Looking for non-football stuff here as I'm going to three games. You've been to Castilla games, right? Yeah. And do you, do you, you know, what do you do when you're there? You're not, you're, not, you're obviously there for a few days or whatever. What, what do you um, do? Interesting. I was there in July. I went to watch Castilla's opening training session this season. You did? season. Yeah, yeah. I was there not long ago. I was going to um, try and get some film of the uh, the Ceballos uh, presentation, but I couldn't get in in the day. Um, but um, I had a, you, I was with you, my girlfriend. First, I need to cut you off for a second. Okay. okay. You need to tell me these things. <laughs> you can't wait for a public podcast to announce these things to you. I could have okay. got you in there. Oh wow! Okay, thanks. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> we'll fix that moving forward. Anyway, I was with um, my girlfriend. I went for around a week, okay. um, and obviously, she doesn't want to be hanging around football stadiums doing all this football stuff all week. So we did do, uh, or we looked to do a few other things, um, which I may not have done when I was on my own. Um, we had a look at the the palace, which was I thought was amazing. It's such a historical city. There's so much to the if you're into palace. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, the royal palace. If you're into that kind of thing, that place is huge. It's massive. It's I, I think I spent like my very first time in Madrid. I went and I spent like a few hours in there, and I really felt like yeah. I'd only been in one room. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, that's a good explanation. It's it's a it's a great place to visit. It'll it'll take you a while, so you'll be there for literally for hours. Um, the parks. I think uh, a beautiful. I don't know what the weather's like in Madrid. The I don't know if you're more into that than me. I but if, if it's a sunny day, go into the parks. Um, the beautiful, beautiful scenery. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and if you're for food wise, I'd look for local restaurants more than the, you get chains in Madrid. But I would look for these really local restaurants um, and just have fun, just explore. I'd say. As I've mentioned to Gabe before on the podcast, the infallible system of finding food in anywhere, not just Madrid. <laughs> Yelp app, sorted <laughs> sorted by most reviewed, not top reviewed, most reviewed. Okay, most yeah. reviewed. Because you can you can find a place that has like uh, 3,000 reviews, four stars, but then you can get deceived because there's a place with five stars with two reviews, and it's like the owner and his son who reviewed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to add. I think... Um, for me, it's just a lot of a lot of cafes, a lot of work at cafes, yeah. a lot of walking. You know, everybody in you know coming like from lots of someone who grew up in North America, um, we you know we don't have the lifestyle where we're always just walking in the streets, and <laughs> this is a reason why we're we're not as in shape as people in Spain because they're always walking. So just get out there and walk, and just kind of immerse yourself in the culture. Yeah. Um, by the way, so. This this comment came on Patreon, and Patreon is basically its own like social network. And for those of you who are patrons, Doug Chisholm, one of our patrons, actually went in and replied to Mark's uh, question with very specific things to do in Madrid. So if you are a patron, wow. go check out Doug's uh, Doug's comment. Okay, moving on. Sajid Reyes, another patron, uh, posted something with the title "Hold Up and Link Up Play for Dummies." Uh, he says, "I would like you guys to explain in layman's terms the importance of what hold up play." And link up play is for a center forward. 
A lot of Benzema haters seem to be devoid of this concept, even talking about hold-up play as if he's a substitute, as if it's a substitute for a shot on goal when they are obviously complementary to each other. Also, are you guys going to still underestimate Paulinho after you robbed two points from us? Um, so the link-up play, you know, the background on this is essentially that uh, most fans don't don't like the answer. You know, when 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 you when you're talking about Benzema, they don't like the excuse or the answer, however you want to put it, that Benzema uh, brings out the best in Ronaldo. Ronaldo loves playing with him. Zidane loves Benzema. Um, Benzema has scored the fifth most goals in Champions League history. He is a big game player, contrary to what a lot of people say for some reason. I don't know why. Um, the, and then, you know, when you defend Benzema, they sarcastically talk about, oh, link-up play, link-up play. We're sick and tired of hearing about this because, um, you know, we just want him to score goals. This is obviously a deeper, deeper thing. And I think most fans really don't understand how to look at football holistically and they will they will measure something by the eye test of a single play, uh, like for example a mischance or missing a clear cut chance. Um, one of the things Sam I I enjoy about Mayoral, and this is going back to his Castilla days, like you, when you and I kind of know him and Mariano both pretty well from Castilla, right? Oh yeah. Um, Mariano was amazing with Castilla, and he's doing amazing with Leon this season. I don't think either yeah. of us are surprised about that. Not so. Um, while Mariano um, had the better, better, I guess, numbers for Castilla, he played more, right? He was he was starting more games, I think. Uh, yeah, Rarely yeah. Not by together. far, but he, he was playing more. Yeah. They didn't play together much from what I remember, right? No, not so, because yeah. usually you have the one striker. One of the things I liked about Mayoral is that he he was really versatile. Like, he could do so much more than be a number nine. And that's why I, I don't even consider him as a traditional number nine. He can do a lot more. He can play from deeper roles. Um, once he gets really into his groove and confident, you know, with the players around him, he can actually just slice a team open with a pass and, like, a really mm. nice pass from deep. Like, he has that in his toolbox. And I think all that stuff is important because modern football, like, there's there's no... There used to be, like, growing up in the 90s, there used to be, like, traditional positions, right? Like, you had your anchor, you had your destroyer, like, your Makaleli. Yeah. You had your traditional number nine, like, your Ruud van Nistelrooy. Um, but football is not like that anymore. Like, y- you need players to do more than than just be a specialist in what they do. And I think you look at this team, you look at Isco and Asensio, Bale, um, Modric, Cruz, Kovacic, they're so versatile. Um, Benzema too like they're not just one position Cristiano Ronaldo like you can go down the list and I think that for some you know that's part of the reasons that I really like Benzema and like Meyer Valen and like players like that is because they can do more yeah do you want to add anything I just wanted a monologue I mean it's difficult to um, to get that in your head that these players are versatile and that's the way forward these days but um, I don't really have much to add it's just it's good that Real Madrid are going down that path because a lot of fans, I don't think, understand that players have more than one job these days to do, um, especially considering Benzema. Obviously, yes, his numbers could be better. Um, but on his day, he's still almost unstoppable. Um, Nick Stefani says, Finally, the boys look really good today, minus the Kaylor Navas blunder against a really good squad. Who was your most impressive player today? 
Also, is it just me or does it seem like Casemiro has improved exponentially at both dealing with pressure and his passing? Thanks for all that you do. Halamade. I mean, you've been tracking Casemiro probably as long as anyone. For a long, long time, yeah, yeah. but I didn't really rate him very much when he was whilst he was at Castilla, whilst he was on loan at other clubs. So, well, this is the question, um, right? Like, in, in, we're talking about his improvement. Exactly, and I suppose it was him going forward. Defensively, he was—he's a nuisance. He'll—he'll he'll cut players. He'll cut teams attacking moves up. He'll intercept. He'll—he instigates attacks now, and I think that's what he's added to his game. Is when he goes forward, I think his eye for a pass has improved. He—I don't know his goal stats, but I—I I saw him on the score list more than I thought I would last season. Mm. Um, and I think, as an all-rounder midfielder, I think he really is getting up with the best in the world, especially as a, a defensive midfielder. But what he gives in other areas of his game now really puts him up there. And I think he deserves everything he gets around Madrid at the moment. Um, well, one of, you know, you mentioned the goals. One of the things that impressed me when he was at Porto was like, he would just unleash a shot from long distance or score <laughs> from a free kick. Um, and for that reason, like I was, I would want him to, to just try it. Like he, he wouldn't do it much because of Kroos and Modric and, Ronaldo and Bale and all these players who can already shoot from distance if they have a sight on goal. Mm. But, I mean, you, you go back and you look at, you know, when he did try it against Napoli, was arguably the goal of the season. Um, he scored in the Champions League final with a little deflection, obviously, but that was from long distance. I would say that Casemiro has proved me wrong in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't that high on him. Um, by the way, I, I didn't. I didn't think today was necessarily the game to bring up his good performance. I don't think he was great today. He had a couple really shocking giveaways um, that led to goal scoring opportunities for Sociedad. Mm. Um, but he's been tremendous, and I think since I don't know mid season last season, he's 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 gone to a, a level that he wasn't yeah. before that. And I think even today, defensively, he he's just always there. Um, and I did notice him back there. Obviously, going forward. Uh, yeah, a little bit quiet, but he does his job, and I think he consistently does his job. Yeah, I mean, we can also nitpick like from just like we can with anyone. Yeah. Like we can, you know, <laughs> today there was there was a moment I noted in the first half. I took a lot of notes today. One of the things I noted in the first half was Real Madrid had like this amazing press, and they were swarming, and they were clearly going to retain possession. And then Casemiro, instead of just allowing that to happen, he just came in and, and broke someone's leg, and they committed a foul. And but you know, these things we nitpick. <laughs> Because, um, you know, we, we, we're just here to provide every angle. Um, yeah. Just like we can nitpick by Mayoral not passing the East Coast but still scoring eventually. Mm. Um, players make mistakes. And as long as I'd say 90% of what they do is conducive to the, the game winning, then that's all you can ask for. Fine, um, yeah. One more patron question, then we get to talk about Solari. Um, this question is from Gerard Cort Gerardo Cortez. He says, do you see anyone in the squad excluding Ronaldo's scoring 20-plus goals this season? Um, hmm. Did I read that right? So basically anyone not named Anyone Ronaldo but Ronaldo, yeah. Um, it depends how the season kind of pans out for, for Benzema and Bale. But besides those three, probably not. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, because I think we've relied on Cristiano for a long time now, but um, the goals will come. And he, the team's so well balanced that everyone will chip in with a few goals here and there. It won't really matter if if a couple of players are, are well ahead on the tally. Last season, the player who came closest was Morata with fourteen. 
14. Yeah. That's lower than I thought, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but he, he also didn't play that much. So he had no, a great, not at all. He had a great record uh, in limited minutes. Um, I mean, if, if anyone's going to do it, it has to be either one of four players, right? It has to be either Bale, Benzema, mm-hmm. Isco, yeah. or Asensio. 20 goals for Isco or Asensio. I don't know. I would be very impressed. Yeah. But that would be too. I think, the, I, think, I think Asensio gets to a, uh, a point in his career eventually where he does that 20 goals. Yeah, consistently. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one thing we we didn't really address in Nick's question prior was who was the most impressive player today? Then who was your standout? Mm, I really liked Theo. I really did. Yeah. Mm. Theo was a standout for me. Um, one player that we don't didn't really talk about, and and most of his stuff just kind of goes under the radar anyway. Is Modric? Um, yeah. It's it's just like you watch him play and you like you realize why you missed him so much when he's not there. It just he brings so much calmness and and if you mm. ever go into a hostile stadium in a really tough away game, I can't think of another player I would rather have in my team than Modric because he has so much ice in his veins that he just calms you down. He calms the team down. Um, he plays in slow motion. He gets out of tight situations and he just leads the team by example. And, uh, so I don't know if he was my standout. Obviously, he didn't stand out in the sense that everyone would talk about him. But yeah, um, I just want to say, like, the team really misses him when he's not there. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, a question from at newbie football. He says, "Why is Solari still a coach?" Uh, because he was a player. There's <laughs> no other reason. You really believe that? <laughs> yeah, I just. I think someone's a bit scared to um, to fire him. I mean. The trigger is so easily pulled at a club like Real Madrid, and the manager prior to Solari, Luis Miguel uh, Ramiz, he only he only um, got fired because he didn't win promotion. He got fired on the back of three games. Um, so for Solari to have survived, he's going on a year now. Is there's there's nothing else going to it except the fact that he was a player. That's an interesting point, actually. Mm. Um, I wonder if. But, uh, but I wonder why you would be scared to fire a player from a uh, coach from Castilla. No one it depends barely anyone even notices that stuff. Exactly, I, it's, it is bizarre. I don't know. I just it would tarnish a reputation, but it it wouldn't tarnish it as much as he's doing weekly. I don't think. So when we recorded a podcast with Alex Kirkland of Real Madrid TV uh, at the tail end of last season, he defended Solari, and not he wasn't like necessarily unreasonable about it. I think he brought no. up his points, and he's we love Alex. He's awesome. Um, mm. And then I did a podcast with you before the season. And I asked you about that take, and you believe that just because he played, he works for Real Madrid TV, then there's no way Alex believed what he said. Um, uh, I, was, I was impressed that he could even talk about it. I remember, yeah. but he did, and he made some good points. So mm. um, yeah, it was good that we got more from him than I thought we were ever going to. Okay, so last season the obvious thing was that um, he he took Sergio Diaz and his amazing start. And he mm. just crumpled him up like a, a piece of paper and threw him in the yeah. trash. That's what he did. Uh, this season, just by reading your articles and some of the eye tests and when I watch Castilla, he's also started to force Cristo to the wing a bit. Mm. Um, Cristo, by the way, has done some amazing stuff down the middle with uh, Tenerife. Yeah. yeah. Long shots. In, in pre-season, he played down the middle as well. And he was really probably the best player. Um. This season, let's let's pretend we didn't last season didn't exist. Okay, mm. what is the biggest case 
for Solari leaving from that, from what you've seen this season in particular? Uh, again, I would say it's these misplays, but I think maybe actually the biggest case is probably just how he handles his job in general. I think the training is obviously, uh, is, there's a failed regime somewhere in there because you see when teams come and they bring tactical plans to uh, to Castilla's front door, they don't know how to handle it. And that's a bit worrying from a Real Madrid team to be, to be going out and to be clueless about how to defend against different tactics and different um, technical challenges. Um, well, I was watching the game two games ago against Deportivo yeah. B. That was the big one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was rare in the sense that Castilla usually don't play technically great teams. They play I, I always butchers. like, yeah. They play a lot I like of the some, some older teams who just are there, because, you know, they're hmm. pissed off. Um, that Castilla I mean, the game, is, yeah, the game yesterday... Calavera were they lacked so much quality they they had nothing going for them really um so I like these beating games because every single player on that pitch whether they realistically are going to or not is a little eager hopeful so mm. they need to show that quality and and it does you when you watch the games it does show through the, it was actually staggering to me how behind Castilla looked in terms of yeah. going to Depor. Like we knew, we knew on paper this team isn't isn't great. But and like you, you looked at that Depor game. Um, I mean, like, and they they even by the way they went down a man. They were they had a red card in the first yeah. half, and even with ten men, they just morphed into the, like this four four one without the ball. They didn't give any space, and they were carving their way through offensively. And those are the games like you really miss Fabas and Valverde, you know? Yeah. Um, there was just they went down three nothing, and there was no way back for them. Um, and then one of the things I noted from that game is that Solari, there was the midfield was non-existent because Jaume didn't start, and he's one of the defensive midfielders. So you had Seoane in there, like literally by himself, and the, the midfield was already getting overrun. And then Campuzano came in for Seoane, and <laughs> and then so that just depleted your midfield even further, and that didn't make any sense to me. I didn't really understand what was happening other than the fact that. That Casillas were just getting absolutely play off the park. It was—I've um, not seen much. Like it was painful to watch. Um, they came with a really, really well thought out game plan, um, and they executed it from the off almost. So, I think if Castilla were prepared and they knew what they were doing, it would have been less of a of a freak show, really. Um, but again, the midfield problem is going to happen all season because the squad Solari's put together is not. There isn't enough quality in that kind of defensive midfield position. Um, so in terms of looking for promotion or anything positive from this season, it's, it's not going to happen realistically. The attacking quartet is kind of fun. They just don't have midfield support. Like So the attackers, yeah. uh, so I mean Cristo, uh, Arturo. Yeah. Uh, Danny Gomez. Danny Gomez. Oh, yeah, Danny Gomez is really fun. Mm. Um, yeah. He's the fourth one. Uh, Manchevo. Manchevo. These they're fun. They just have no midfield yeah. support. Danny Gomez is is an interesting prospect. Um, I think he, if, I think if it keeps developing, he has a, he has a good career in front of him. Yeah, for sure. He um, reminds me a lot of um, of Mayoral from fifteen sixteen. He reminds you of Mayoral. Uh, just the way the way he dribbles on the ball, his movement is very similar, um, and their finishing is both pretty lethal. That being said, he missed chance after chance yesterday, but. Usually on a good day, his finishing is very good. He's a warrior. 
Mm, yeah. Well, before that, he before the Depor game, I think he what he had he was three three goals in three games or something like that. He had scored in three consecutive yes. games. Yeah, and two man of the matches as well. So it was a it's a good start for him. Um, one of the things that I noted about that Depor game was that it reminded me of like my own youth team games where the players growing up are, are really tight knit and they hate the other team. And that game was so feisty and there was so much heat in it that I could really, like, it hit home. Like, there was just, like, a youth game growing up. <laughs> there was some unnecessary, uh, just aggression yeah. here and there, I think. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, Jose Leon, do we, do we have proof that he's under 30? <laughs> has anyone, has anyone checked him. his I've birth not, certificate? I've not seen a passport. I've not seen a birth certificate. But... Um, he's had a beard since he was nine, so it is a bit, you know. What? How did you even find that fact? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> How did you know that? No, I don't know when he grew a beard. Um, oh, okay. I thought this was like no, a no, stat. No, no, he hasn't That'd be incredible. Beard since you're nine. Um, <laughs> you know what, though? He's good. Yeah, he is very good. Yeah. Um, he's a league champion now, so he's one of the more experienced players. Um, that being said, I think maybe he would have benefited more finding another move up a higher standard and then that would have paved the way for another centre-back to come in and Nando's not going to get much playing time so uh, decisions they make there's a domino effect um, who's been the standard for you this season if there is one for Castilla so far yeah um, Danny Gomez I would say that's fair yeah um, Oscar still hasn't really settled in he was the, the problem with Oscar I made a note yesterday. Uh, he's a fantastic player, and he's such. He scored for the first team in preseason, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, but he's being misplayed, and I don't really talk about this kind of this kind of misplay because it's not it's not really noticeable because he copes really well. He plays quite well, but in terms of his first team chances, he won't, as a centre midfielder, have any chance with, with Valverde, with Lorente, with those kind of players ahead of him. Um, in terms of attacking midfielders, I think it's just Martin Erdegaard I think ahead of him maybe um, so there's a far greater chance of him doing that but he will have to improve there um, and when yeah, he's not playing it's, there it's not just Odegaard though it's that Real Madrid that's the, yeah, that's exactly. the position they, could... they, they buy every year yeah exactly so other players in, you know, come in on the time at the moment it's just Odegaard ahead but competition could enter at any time um, he's going to have to step it up in that position and to do that Solari's going to have to play him in that position Um so that will be that's a situation that is probably one to watch uh, over the next season. He's two years younger than Febas. Mm. And how old is Valverde? Uh, Valverde is nineteen. Oh my god! Yeah, he's, the same, he's the same yeah. age as Valverde. That's amazing. Mm. Valverde is yeah. way ahead. So you think? And I don't know why he's playing. Well, obviously we didn't buy a relevant centre midfielder, but that's why he's covering there. But in terms of him actually competing in that position there there's no chance he does like if even with Castilla like if if he has uh like even a centimeter in front of him from 40 yards he shoots he has and to be fair his shots but... are quite I they're not bad though there was yeah. one from uh, a ridiculous uh distance yesterday and it the keeper had to pull off a really good save mm. um final thoughts on Castilla before I wrap it up like where do you where do you see them finishing they're not going to get promoted it's just a skinny team. Um, I'd see mid-table. We've got another team next week that are looking to finish mid-table. So if we win, 
maybe we could there's a little bit of hope going into the the final third of the table but if we if we lose that game then there's not much that's going to happen this season I don't think prediction on when Solari will get fired uh, I said 10 games, but unfortunately we won yesterday. So um, I think that makes five or six. Uh, I still think 10, 10, 10 or 15 games, yeah. Oh, so you just pushed it back kind of 15, five Yeah, games. five games. He really shouldn't be. He should get fired tomorrow, but um, if he's winning, you can't sack him. They won't anyway. Um, but we will, we'll follow it. Um, Castillo is still fun. You know, I, I do yeah. enjoy watching these kids play, like even though it can be painful sometimes. <laughs> It's different, isn't it? It can be very difficult. Um, Sam Sharp, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Been a always, pleasure. You always step in when I need you short notice, and you always step in at late <laughs> late night. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna start a new uh, so Patreon. You can get different rewards based on different pledges. We're gonna put a threshold for what do you, what do you need? Just like some canned goods. You need some. What do you need for your cookies? You need some. <laughs> Some flour, uh, sugar, that can't cost much. No, that's it's cheap. Cheap uh, utility. Um, the background on this, by the way, is that last time I... Not, not last time, last year when I was doing a podcast with Sam, I just <laughs> asked him like what he's doing, and he's like, oh, just, just bake some cookies. And it was like midnight. <laughs> Amazing. Sam Sharp, yeah. thank you so much. Anytime. We'll catch up, we'll do this soon. Of course. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile. The most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus 30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Sports Social Podcast Network.